Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Matthew 28 in our Bibles here this morning. Matthew 28. It is a great privilege and honor to be here. And um, had the privilege of coming to the Soul Winning Clinic uh, two or three times. But um, it's a great privilege and honor to be able to be here as a missionary, be able to preach today in the chapel. And it's um, wonderful to see some folks that I've known over the years. Of course, Dr. Moore and uh, Dr. Bowen, so good to see Mrs. Combest. And, of course, uh, been praying for you folks, uh, for Dr. Gray especially, uh, over these years. And past Brother Jones, of course, there in the Philippines. And... Um, but uh, wonderful to, uh, to be able to be here this morning. I'm just kind of interested and curious to know uh, how many of you here today are here uh, part of the high school? You're, you're a student, a student in the high school. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good number. And then how many of you here today are uh, college students, students here in the college? Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, how many of you folks here today are just part of the church, family in the church that just came out for the chapel today? Okay, wow, praise the Lord. Well, that's exciting. Amen. And uh, so, so encouraged. I was uh, praying this morning, and, and the Lord totally changed my direction on the message here today. But uh, it, it seems like uh, I was so encouraged to see everybody just start right, right, on, the, right on prayer uh, here this morning like that. That was such a great encouragement. Um, if I could ask you to stand, please, let's read together verses 18 through 20, Okay. Uh, very familiar verses, but I um, uh, hope this will be helpful to all of us today. Why don't we just read them all, all together? Just three verses here, okay? Uh, are we ready? And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for Dr. Gray, the wonderful chapel, the singing. Our hearts have been so blessed already. Uh, Oh, Father, how we would long. I know I want to be able to say I want to give myself to you totally and complete without any reservations, without any limitations at all. And, uh, oh, Father, would you have mercy on us and help us this morning in the preaching and teaching of your word. And then again, throughout this conference, we beg you to have mercy on us, help us, and, and do that supernatural work in our hearts that only you can do, please. I beg you to help Dr. Moore's health in a marvelous way. I beg you to keep Dr. Ashcraft in health as he's getting older, keep his heart strong and healthy and his mind sharp and clear. And they need to fill and use him, your paw, your hand, more than ever before even in his life. And work there at Mount Hebron in a great way. And, oh, Father, so many needs among us. You know each and every heart and each and every need of each and every one. That's prayer. Help Dr. Bowen's health in a wonderful way and his wife and so many things. Father, and clear our hearts and minds now, Father, we might be able to hear from you, please. And, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. And of course, here are some very familiar verses here in, in the Great Commission. And um, I've heard, I don't know, I suppose hundreds of messages on the Great Commission over the years uh, since I've been saved. 
And I, I don't know if I have ever heard a message on prayer from the Great Commission. And just this morning, as I was praying, it just seemed like the Lord said to give you a message here this morning that would show us that prayer actually is an absolutely essential and integral part. Every single time the Great Commission is mentioned here in the Bible, and the tragedy is that it's so terribly neglected in most of our lives, and, and, and it's probably because we don't have the power we need in order to reach people with the gospel because we're never going to get any further with people here on earth than we get with our Father in heaven in prayer. And just last week, um, uh, my wife and I are working with Dr. Lise Ramos there in San Luis Potosi, Mexico. <clears throat> and um, we're not there much. Our ministry is helping new churches get started. So we're three, four months in one new church plant and three, four months in another and another. And then this June, uh, Pastor Ramos wants to start a new project where he'll send a whole team of workers with us, uh, three, four months at a time, a long-term team. And if everything goes well, by the grace of, the God, by the grace of God, uh, June, July, August, we'll have another long-term team uh, 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 September, October, November, December, and uh, of course, we're very excited about that. Uh, the Lord's uh, working in a marvelous way, and a lot of things need to come together before June, but just, just last week, so we're, we're not there in San Luis much, but just last week, uh, Pastor Ramos gave me the opportunity to teach a class in our Bible college there, a, a one-week intensive uh, modular class on the subject of prayer, and so prayer has been very strong in my heart just recently. And, uh, you know, prayer is actually uh, uh, an essential and integral part every time the Great Commission is mentioned. And I want us maybe to maybe refresh us a little bit, help us maybe refocus and realize we're, we're never going to get anywhere in reaching people with the gospel, whether it's here in Longview or, or, or in the United States or Mexico or anywhere else in the world until we, we really get serious with our Father in heaven Amen. in prayer. And so where now then is prayer here in Matthew chapter 28? Well, Jesus says here, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And as, as we go through these verses, you'll see exactly what he's talking about here. Let's go over to Matthew 16. And in Matthew 16, again, we're going to have <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Moore will be proud of me. I had the privilege of being in his prayer class there at House Anderson. And last week got to talk to Dr. Tom Williams over two hours on the phone and uh, just uh, what, a, what a blessing. But uh, uh, here in, in Mark chapter 16, again, uh, we have the Great Commission, and that's not by coincidence or accident that verse 14 is before verse 15, <laughs> okay? And what does verse 14 say? Afterward, he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and embraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after risen. And he said unto them, Joy into all the world and preach the gospel, every creature. Of course, I heard a lot of messages on verse 15. But verse 14, what, what does that have to do? Well, verse 14, he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. And you see, the essence of prayer is coming into the throne room of our Father in heaven and, and, and recognizing our total bankruptcy before him and declaring our total dependence upon him for everything. So it's not by coincidence that verse 14 is before verse 15. I was so encouraged this morning to see the men here praying like this at the altar and, and to see Dr. Gray so uh, consumed with prayer and realizing that we're never going to reach anybody or help anybody until we really uh, have the prayer life that God wants us to have. But let's go over to Luke uh, chapter 24, if we could, in our Bibles. And again, 
we see, we see the Great Commission here. And uh, last words of the Lord Jesus, of course, very important for us. And, and um, we should know these verses. But verse 47 says, And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Okay, so here it's pretty obvious, right? When in Matthew 18, it, he says, all power is heaven and earth is given unto me. Here in the 24th chapter of Luke, he tells us to tarry until we're endued with power from on high. So he's telling us we're not going to be able to preach the gospel. We're not going to be able to win anybody to Christ. We're not going to be able to disciple anyone. Okay, we're not going to be able to reach anybody uh, until we are endued with power from on high. Okay, and then let's go over to John chapter 20. This is my favorite verse of all the Great Commission verses. I just love John 20 because in John 20 here, we see so obviously the great importance of the relationship that we should be having with the Father and the Son. And, and, and it's all about relationship. It's all about Him. You see, for us, the cross was 2,000 years ago. But for our Father in heaven, it was just like yesterday. And, and, and His heart is just still totally consumed with the cross and the purpose of it. He's the I am that I am, right? He's not the I am that I will be. He's not the I am that I was. He's the I am that I am. Right? That means he's living in the everlasting present indicative tense. Okay? And we understand the concept that he's in every place at the same time. Right now he's here. He's in Mexico. He's in the Philippines. He's in, 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 in Scotland. He's in Zimbabwe. He's, he's in every place at the same time. But he's also then in every time at the same time. He's the I am that I am. So he's not limited by time like we are limited by time. Right? And so right now, he's here, he's today, he's, he's very concerned what's going on in your heart right now, uh, but at the same time, he's watching the day of our birth, okay? And at the same time, he's right here right now, very concerned about what's going on in our hearts and watching the day of our birth, he's also watching the day of our death, okay? He's in every time at the same time, he's the I am that I am. And so for us, that cross was 2,000 years ago. But for our Father in heaven, it was just like yesterday. And his heart is still totally and completely consumed with the cross and the purpose of it. And, of course, here we're seeing the purpose of it in the Great Commission verses. And then in John 20 and 21, it tells us so clearly here. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. <laughs> and it's all about that relationship with him and, and and it's all about prayer it's all about that fellowship that with him only he can help us then to fulfill the great commission and reach people with the gospel and then just another page or two over in Acts chapter one and uh of course a, a very well-known verse in verse eight here he says but ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So again, he's talking about power. He's talking about the Holy Ghost coming upon us. And then in verse 14, it says here, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren, 
So there was about 10 days from this great commission here and, and the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says they were continuing uh, here it, with one accord in prayer and supplication. Of course, supplication speaks about an intensity in prayer that's more than just prayer. It's, it includes fasting. And, and, of course, they were in one accord. There was about 120 here, and they were fasting and praying, and they were seeking the Lord 10 days and 10 nights. And then, of course, we see what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? And the Holy Ghost comes upon them. And the great thing about Pentecost isn't people talking in tongues. It's the fact that 3,000 people got saved. And, and, and we don't just see them getting saved, but we see them totally committed to the Lord and following him. They got baptized, and, 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 and they're they in their Bibles, and they were praying, and they were soul winning. And, 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 and you know, uh, uh, God still wants to do that today, <laughs> and he can do that today. And, and, uh, but, but how important it is then that we need to recognize the, the real, really the, the uh, I believe the most important part of the Great Commission is prayer. The most important, the, 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 we're never going to get any further with people here on this earth than we get with our Father in heaven in prayer. And so let's go over to Luke chapter 11 here. And uh, we have, of course, some great teaching of the Lord Jesus here on prayer. Verse 1, Luke 11 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass that he was, as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized one of his disciples, Son and Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And I, I love the Spanish here in this verse because the verbs in the Spanish are just so exact. And, and the English has the same sense, but the Spanish just makes it so obvious because if, if they were asking for a method here, if they were asking for a, 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 a way or an outline for prayer, the phraseology would have been enseña nos orar. But there's a preposition right between the two verbs there. And what that clearly indicates is that they were not seeking a method or an outline here. Now, in, in the graciousness of our Lord, he gives us an outline, okay? But the question is, they had been, at this point, they had been with the Lord Jesus for about a year and a half. They had already seen him walk on the water and calm the storms there on Galilee. They had already seen open blind eyes and, and the deaf to hear and the lame walking. And uh, they had already uh, seen him raise two people from the dead. They had already seen the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes. They had already heard, already heard the greatest preaching and teaching in the whole history of the world from the lips of our Savior himself. And we don't see them asking us, teach us to preach or teach us to win souls or make disciples, or have good homes and families. And all those things are important, okay. But what, what this question is telling us is after a year and a half with our Lord Jesus, they realized the whole key to everything in his life and his ministry was his prayer life. And what they're saying is they're saying, teach us to pray. What they're saying is, Lord Jesus, we've been with you for a year and a half. Can you imagine how their hearts must have been burning inside of them after all that they had heard and seen? And they said, Lord Jesus, we realize the whole key to your life and ministry is your prayer life. And we don't have a prayer life. And they're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And then look at the answer of the Lord Jesus in verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray. <laughs> so he's already presupposing the practice of it. 
He's saying, you got it right, boys. You got it right the first time. You just hit the nail on the head. If you will dedicate yourself to prayer, if you'll get totally serious about prayer, that's when you're going to see a God work. That's where you're going to see all the things that you've seen here and the things that we want to see when we really get serious and put it in. And it's good that we talk about prayer so much. It's good that we have prayer meetings. Most of the prayer meetings I go to, we talk more about prayer than we pray, okay? Uh, but it's good that we talk about prayer. The, the, the tragedy is it's one of the least practiced things in the Christian life. And you see, our Father created us for so much more uh, than, than just life on this earth and just going through the motions. And, and he, he wants us to have that eternal fellowship with Him. It's just incredible to think that the very King of kings and the Lord of lords wants to, has to have a personal relationship with Him. As He goes on, He says, when you pray, say, Our Father. Our Father. <laughs> you know, He hasn't changed. He's the same God that came on Mount Sinai when the whole thing was on fire, burning and smoke and the thunderings and the lightnings. And so fearful was the sight that the children of Israel said, Moses, you speak with us, but let not God speak with us. Let's go over there to Exodus chapter 20 and, 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 and look at this because I think we can go to the New Testament. We can see that that statement broke our father's heart because he wanted them to have fellowship. He wanted to have a, even then, with Israel, with the nation as a whole, he wanted to have that personal relationship with them. And, and, and uh, in Exodus chapter 20, he, he, he tells us here uh, in verses 18 and 19, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And the, when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and God said, Well, that, that, that's good. That, that, that's right. Okay, I understand. But I think in the New Testament, we can see that this broke his heart. And we'll, we'll go there in just a moment. But you see, what the people were saying is, We'll go to church, and we'll... We'll even go soul winning, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll try to live a good and righteous life. But they're saying, we don't really want to have a personal relationship with God. And you see, that's why he created us, that we would have that fellowship with him. It's so important. And, 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 and we're never going to get anywhere with people until we really get with him in prayer. You see, he's, he's got the power to convert that soul. He, he's, he's the one that can help the people to get saved and, and, and to follow him. And, and, and let's, let's go, if we could, over to um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And then verse 13 says, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded from this day, remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. 
You see, that's what they were saying with Moses in the veil, the same thing. Moses, your face just shines the glory of God. We can't bear to look at. And so he put a veil over his face. But you see, it's the same thing they said there at Mount Sinai. See? But, but, and so then the amazing thing is here in the New Testament, he comes us, to us and he identifies himself with us as our father. Moses never called God his father. Elijah, Elisha never called God their father. Isaiah, Jeremiah, the prophets never called God their father. Daniel, Samuel, two great men of prayer in the Old Testament, never called God their father. And yet he comes to us. And you see, he says, when you pray, say, our father. <laughs> wow. The, the incredible humility of that statement, right? That he wants to identify, and he makes it so obvious. He makes it so clear, doesn't he? That's obviously a very close, intimate, personal term, right? Now, today, the word father brings a lot of negative thoughts and emotions and, and uh, probably even in, in Christian circles. But our father in heaven is 10 times better than the best human father any, anybody could ever have. And he wants to have that kind of a relationship with us. But it's important to recognize he hasn't changed, okay? Let's go over to Isaiah 6. And, 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 and you can see here the same, he's the same. We get a little glimpse of him in the throne room here in Isaiah chapter 6. Let me just read these uh, these first eight verses. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which came with tongues from off the altar, and laid it upon my mouth, and so this hath touched the lips, and thine equity is not sin as birds. That's the Lord Jesus there in the cross. If we're saved, we can come to him and talk with him and have fellowship with him. And then verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. But you see, we get a glimpse of Isaiah here in the great throne room of heaven. And we see the seraphims and the angels flying. They've got six wings and they cover their faces with two and they cover their bodies with two and they're flying with two and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I can imagine a, a, a million angels coming in one side of the throne room and just crying like that and going out and another million coming in the other side and they're all, they don't have any right or opportunity to talk to him who's seated on the throne. And yet 
he comes to us in the New Testament and he says, when you pray, say, our Father. He wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And if we have the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we can come boldly with confidence before him right in the Holy of Holies and have that, that, that fellowship with him. And, and it's, it's, just, it's just an amazing thought. But it's important to realize he hasn't changed here. Okay? He's still the same. Uh, he's still just as holy as he ever was, okay? But there's a danger in that word father. And in a sense, he was risking everything for us that we could have that personal relationship with him. And what, what's the danger in the word father? Well, the danger is it's, we, it's such a close, intimate, personal word that we would take it lightly. And you see, I'm afraid that's kind of where we are. It's, it's, it's tragic. The Muslims, the Hindus, the other people and other religions, they'll, they'll get on their knees, they'll get on their faces, they'll cry out to God in the middle of the street at a certain hour or a certain time. And the Hare Krishna people get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and put themselves in a cold shower and, and to try to pray for an hour <laughs> and wake themselves up. And, 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 and here, Christians, we're, 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 we, don't, we don't really... You know what? I'll let you make the applications, okay? <laughs> I'll make the applications in Mexico, okay? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, we, we need to realize who we're talking to. <laughs> we need to realize he is, he is holy and that we don't take him lightly. And then we take the time, the opportunity to, to spend time with him, to walk with him, to talk with him. And, and, you know, sometimes I think even as missionaries, we get so concerned about results. And we get way too concerned about what people think about us. And we got to have something to put in a prayer letter. And we can't take time to pray because we gotta, we got to go soul winning. we got to do this. we got to do that. We gotta, well, we're always going to be busy. But if we really learn to discipline ourselves, and I, and I believe in soul winning, okay? I believe in discipleships. I believe it's important that we go out there, and, and, and that's, that's the biggest part. Uh, aside from prayer, we're out there eight or ten hours a day, five, six days a week, knocking doors, soul winning, visiting, disciples. Makes me tired just thinking about it, okay? But uh, uh, no, uh, I believe in soul winning and discipleships and visiting and the work of the Lord. But if we'll really just get serious with him in prayer you know the more in my experience the more that i've prayed over the years and spent time in prayer and and with the pastors i've been working with the more we've seen god work and the more we've seen people respond to the gospel the more we've seen people come to church and get baptized and follow him and 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 oh how important that is holy 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 you know we're not going to get there uh and obviously we don't come to him in our own righteousness no matter how good our personal righteousness is we come to him in the righteousness of the lord jesus christ but then again in another sense not just anybody can go before the king or before the president or governor abbott okay uh, we need to have a holy life as well a personal righteousness that we come to him we can come to him with boldness and confidence and <clears throat> it's so important that we we realize that as well that we willing to put aside the things that would detain us, that would, would hinder us from really walking with them and having that fellowship that, that we need to have. Let's go over to uh, uh, Mark chapter 1 quickly. Another great verse here. <clears throat> Mark 1 and verse 35 says, 
And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. <laughs> and um, I, again, I love the verbs in Spanish because they're so exact. And the word, the verb in Spanish here is an imperfect past tense for prayed. Now, if this would have been a one day in the life of the Lord Jesus, this would have been a different past tense. And the fact that it's in the tense that it is indicates that this was not just a one day in the life of. This was a daily habit of the Lord Jesus here. And what was his daily habit? It was rising up a great while before day and going out into a solitary place and they're praying. Well, obviously time and place are important then. For the Lord Jesus, it was a deserted place. In Matthew 6, 6, he uses the word closet. <laughs> it's a place where we can get alone with him. We can talk with him. We can walk with him. We can fellowship with him. And, and then, of course, obviously, quantity of time. You know, a lot of people say, well, it doesn't matter if you have good quality time, how much time you spend. But I think it's quite obvious that it's really impossible to have good quality time without quantity of time, okay? And God understands when we have a lot of things to do, but when Martin Luther had a lot of things to do, he said, uh, people would say, how can you take four hours in the morning to pray when you've got so much to do? He would say, I've got so much to do, I have to pray an extra two or three hours this morning, okay? His daily practice was two. If he had a busy day, it was three. He said, the devil gets the victory if I don't spend the first two hours or three in prayer. But when he had an especially busy day, he would spend four, <laughs> okay? And I've been involved in a lot of all-night prayer meetings and things like that and trying to get people to pray all night. It's like, well, we've got so much to do. But the Lord Jesus, when he had his busiest days, was when he spent time in prayer. And the Lord can give us the grace and the strength and the energy we need for the things we need to do. And we can't do anything without him. Oh, how important it is that we learn to, to really walk with him and spend time with him. A faith that cannot break the chains of sleep is a weak faith. That's not going to do anybody much good throughout the day. And you know, the wonder of spending time with him in the morning is that we can have, have his presence all the day long. Oh, how important it is that we would learn to really pray and to walk with him. And you know, the men that have most greatly influenced this world almost without any exception were men, great men of prayer, men that spent time early in the morning with God in prayer. You know, God is still looking for more William Bordens. Of course, I'm sure you've heard the story of William Borden. I've heard it told and read it in different ways, but he uh, uh, was um, in the first year of the ministry of, of uh, 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 R.A. Torrey uh, there in Chicago. D.L. Moody had retired. Uh, a family, the Borden family, uh, well, Mrs. Borden was converted to Christ, and, um, and uh, William was seven years old. His mom just became to be a real fervent Christian, and the Borden family was one of the richest families in the world uh, at that time, <clears throat> and Mrs. Borden just really got on fire for God. William grew up there in the church, <clears throat> graduated from, uh, from high school at 16, uh, was given a trip around the world <clears throat> by his parents, and um, <clears throat> instead of going to visit most of the popular tourist locations, he decided he was going to visit some missionaries around the world, and about halfway through the trip, he sent a letter to his mother. He said, Mother, I think God is calling me to be a missionary, <clears throat> and then when he got home, uh, he said, Mother, I'm sure God is calling me to be a missionary. We had to go and tell his dad, and then his dad 
wasn't a Christian. And, and uh, his dad had hopes that William would take the family business. It brought him up and was going to be the heir and, and take the family business. And, and uh, he went to his dad and said, Dad, I love you. I don't want to break your heart, but God has called me to something much higher and bigger and greater than uh, taking the family business. God has called me to be a missionary. Well, his dad didn't understand that and wound up getting disinherited there from his dad. And he took, he took two words in his Bible. He wrote, no resources, and he, and he, and he, and he wrote the date. And they went to Yale University, and which in those days was a Bible college. And how God used William Borden in Yale University, he had over 1,000 students organized in prayer meetings. <clears throat> William Borden was a great young man of prayer. In his youth, he had over a 1,000 students organized in prayer meetings. And, and after he graduated from Yale University, was still uh, every door in the world was open to him and, 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 and some pressure that he wouldn't go and fulfill his calling to be a missionary. And he, he took his two words in his Bible, no, no returns, and he, and he wrote the date. And he wound up going to Egypt and there in, in, the, in language school there to study the culture and the language of the, of the Muslims there and in China. Uh, after a few months there in Egypt, he, he got an incurable disease and wound up dying there in Egypt, and some of his friends went to uh, collect his few personal belongings, and they brought them back to his mother in a box, and she opened the box, and she found William's Bible, and she, she saw those pages there <clears throat> in the back of his Bible, no resources and the date, no uh, returns and the date, <clears throat> and there was another line just under that, much less legible with the date of his death, and it was no regrets. And, and you see, God is still looking for more William Boards, more young people that realize there's so much more to life than making money. There's so much more to life than, than what kind of house to live in, what kind of car you drive, what, uh, how much money you have in your bank account. I, I, I love, hear, now maybe you can, I remember hearing Dr. Bob Gray give this illustration, and, and maybe you can help me and, and clarify some of the details, some of you folks. But I remember him talking how he was an accountant in General Motors, and uh, was, had, a, had a, a, a very good salary and benefits and things. And <clears throat> God called Dr. Bob Gray to, to preach. And uh, he went to his comptroller, I believe it was Mr. Pratt, I think it was the name, If I, maybe, maybe that's not quite right, but he said, Mr. Pratt, I, uh, I'm going to have to give you a 30-day notice here, and, and uh, you know, so they began to talk, and he said, well, where, what are you doing, where are you going, why are you leaving? He said, well, God's called me to, to preach the gospel. And uh, Mr. Pratt didn't understand that at all. He was an unconverted man, and uh, began to, uh, you know, Bob, are you crazy? Uh, 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 you, you've got a, a job here that some people would kill to have. Don't you know you're on, you're on target to head to Detroit and the executive branch of the company? And here you're going to abandon all that to be a preacher, to, to preach the gospel? Uh, you know, Mr. Pratt just didn't understand that at all, right? But uh, Dr. Gray uh, <laughs> went to House uh, Anderson College and, and uh, graduated, came here to Longview, Texas, and wow, even today, what a blessing to see uh, the impact that this church and this ministry has had, not only here in Longview, but all over this country and all over this world. And then it wasn't a little while longer that uh, his comptroller, uh, Mr. Pratt, maybe that's not quite the right name, I, I meant, but anyway, he, he, his comptroller uh, got a, a message under the door, right? Uh, three words, forced early retirement, forced early retirement. And uh, 
He did everything he could to try to get out of it, but he couldn't get out of it. He sat down there in the back of his desk. He opened up a drawer. He pulled out a gun, and he, and, and he blew his brains out. <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Pratt thought the key to real happiness and satisfaction in life was, uh, you know, having money and good, good income and houses and uh, plenty of money in the bank and vehicles. And, but, uh, you know, Dr. Gray had it right, didn't he? You see, only Jesus can satisfy us. And, and the same is true if we really dedicate ourselves to prayer. I, I got saved March 1984, and um, I was in Watertown, Wisconsin, Bible College there, and back in the 70s, over 1,000 students, all of them preparing for full-time service. Dr. Hiles dedicated every building on this campus, on that campus, used to come every year and preach, sometimes many more times than just once, and... and um, Two Bible college students there knocked on my door one day, and they asked me if you were to die, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And I didn't know. And, uh, and they took the Bible and showed me how to get saved. And oh, how, how God began to work in my heart, my life, as I got into a good New Testament church there. And, and uh, just, just amazing to walk with him. But, but the young man that knocked on my door was from Lompoc, California, and his dad uh, had a very well-paying job with NASA. And he was offered, as, a, as a, 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 after he graduated from high school, he was offered a, an incredibly well-paying job. In those days, over $50,000 a year. That was after taxes. All kinds of <clears throat> benefits. 18-year-old kid. And it wasn't a hard job, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, but Dan Adams decided that he was going to follow the Lord. Went to Bible college that year. Knocked on my door. Led me to Christ. Oh, oh, you see, uh, we, 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 we got to get to that place like, like when we say there's, there's no limitation, like Paul, what would you have me to do without limitations, without reservations, and just really let the Lord have his will, have his way in our lives. Where are the next generation of missionaries going to come from? If they don't come from the people in this room right here today, they're not going to come from anywhere. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Just like he came to Isaiah in that throne, he said, he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? A world out there on their way to hell. The Lord Jesus died for them. Our Father's heart is still totally consumed with the cross and the purpose of it. And can't you hear his still small voice this morning? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Oh, won't you respond like Isaiah and say, here am I. Send me. Won't you respond like Bob Gray, like Dan Adams, like William Borden? Won't you say, here am I. Send me. I love Mark 3.14. He said, let's just go there. We're in Mark 1. Let's turn the page. I forgot the verse in English. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We'll finish here. And he arraigned 12 that they should be with him, and he might send them forth to preach. He ordained 12 that they should be with him. And they might. You see the order there? First, they were to be with him, and then they were going to go and preach. Oh, how important it is. If God has called you to preach, or if he is calling you to preach as a missionary, as how we need, Brother Barnes, how we need young men that are willing to start churches here in the United States. But if God has called you to preach, we've got to realize the call to preach, I believe, would be better phrased as a call to prayer. And, and the more that we'll get serious with God in prayer, the more his hand is going to be upon us in the preaching 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.